the Gentech podcast discussing business, investing, and marketing. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gentech podcast, bringing you valuable and inspirational discussion with top business owners. Today we have on Regina Rashad with Regina as the photographer and Offbeat Boudoir Studios. So Regina, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I'm super excited to get into everything you do and to learn more about you. Yeah, I'm excited too. So first I want to start with, you know, your background. So what did you do before becoming a photographer? Uh, well, I've been a photographer since I was like an emo teenager. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I've been a photographer for, for a long time, um, but I was a teacher like to pay the bills at first. I mean, I love teaching, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that it was a, a bad job by any means, but um, I started as a teacher because, you know, like my family told me I couldn't make any money as a photographer. So I was like, well, I like hanging out with kids. So let me, let me do this thing. But yeah, that lasted for about five years. <laughs> So how was it doing both at that time? Um, so when I started doing weddings, kind of, it was like only a year into teaching. Um, so it was pretty stressful, especially like toward the end when I was, um, I was pretty much working in the morning, teaching until the afternoon, coming home and editing, then shooting weddings on the weekends. Wow. And so I would like fall asleep at my computer and like, have to be like hey like you need to get up and go to sleep finally mm -hmm. get up at 5 a.m go back to work um so it was really hard but um i think it's vital to have like that steady paycheck while you're starting to build your business and i don't recommend that you quit your job right away when you're starting a business if you can manage both you know like do your side hustle as they call it mm -hmm. um and then once it becomes like ramped up and it's doing really well then quit your you know day job i guess so would you say photography is your passion i'm honestly passionate about both but mm -hmm. photography is something i've been passionate about for a lot a lot longer than teaching um but i've kind of melded the two because i also can like mentor and teach other photographers definitely so you said you were starting out when you were a teenager you know taking pictures so what did that look like starting off <laughs> uh, old film cameras um, and just anything I could learn on so people still life um, and it looked uh, pretty terrible but I look back at it and some of the photos are pretty cool you know like it, when you shoot film like it's kind of a surprise sometimes what you're gonna get so um, that was a lot of fun but when I started with digital I, it was a whole new world for me because then I could practice as much as I wanted without having to worry about developing you know like and processing the film how did you get that money for your first camera? It's a great question. I have to say mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> Thankful for that. Yes, yeah. The very first camera, yeah, was definitely my parents. Um, later on when I actually started the business, I just used a business credit card and um, put like a lot of the newer equipment on that and paid it off slowly. So how scary was that, you know, leaving that steady income of teaching and deciding to, you know, own your own business and pursue your passion as being a photographer? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty scary, but I was, I waited long enough to the point where I was making a really good income shooting weddings. Um, so I didn't, I wasn't that worried at that point, but I do sometimes look back and I'm like, maybe I should have taken the leap sooner because I was 30 when I did that. And I feel like if I had done it a little bit sooner, I would be further along. But then I'm like, don't beat myself up. Yeah, <laughs> you can always like look back, yeah. but you know, everything really does happen for a reason. But Absolutely. is there something that you would have, you know, gone back and, and told your 18 year old self if you could? Yeah, I would um, say you've been rebelling your whole life. Why didn't you just do photography? 
um, from the get-go. Not that I would really need a photography degree to do it, but um, I let my parents kind of say, uh, oh, you're not gonna make any money, you're gonna be broke, and I listened, and I maybe should've just urged myself to do what I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So when you were first starting out, you know, there's so much to learn with photography and how were you teaching yourself? Was it mostly self-talk? Yeah, um, so it's, it, it's a long time ago. I'm 38, so it was 20 years ago that I really start. well, more than that. Um, but when I really got serious about it, the first camera that I got, I got the manual and read it like front to back wow. <laughs> and kind of like practice little things along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I guess there was YouTube, so I did use YouTube a bit too. And I bought some books by like well-known photographers. That was interesting because you learn from these other photographers and like their style, and mm -hmm. then you realize that's not your style at all. <laughs> so it evolves over mm -hmm. time. Um, but yeah, I just did like, and shooting like experience itself. Yeah is huge. Uh, if you don't go out and practice and like make a lot of mistakes, you're not going to get very far. And you know, what advice would you have to someone that's just starting out as a photographer? Do that. Do get it. Get a camera. It doesn't even matter if it's not a great camera. Um, just get your hands on one. You can go to a thrift store and find some cameras that work. Um, learn lighting, learn exposure, learn all that stuff and then take it from there. How have you really seen your industry change in the last 20 years? Oh, yeah. I mean, digital was kind of first getting really, really popular back then. Um, but the industry, I guess, gosh, weddings have definitely changed because back then it was in Florida, especially it was like the basic beach wedding with yeah. seashells and starfish. And now people are like, let me put all of my personality into this wedding and make it something amazing that people are going to show up and be like, oh, this really speaks to them. Um, so I would say people are not they're following trends, but still kind of doing their own thing rather than back then where it was just like, let's throw this thing together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and just, if it's a beach, let's do beach theme. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great point. And you yeah. really have to like adapt to each and everyone's different type of style of wedding. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yes and no, but like, I feel like if you have the right branding, your brand will speak to the right people. So hopefully like now that I, when I rebranded back when I went full time, um, like almost nine years ago, I started attracting like the the people for me, the weirdos, you know. <laughs> I say weirdo in a good way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, tell us about how you rebranded yourself because I know you know when companies rebrand, it takes a lot to really implement that and have yeah. that change. And you know you want your target audience to follow. So mm -hmm. tell us about those steps that you took. Yeah. So I mean, I was still teaching, um, but I knew that I was going to leave teaching that year. So I ended up like hiring brand creators and I knew it was a huge expense. So same thing, like I made sure their credit card was ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they did everything, like they talked to me, We, um, they learned about me, I learned about like my um, target um, audience, you know, and they built kind of a brand around me and my personality, mm -hmm. which worked really well because then I instill trust in clients like before they even meet me. Yeah. And, and it worked out. I think that's super important having, you know, that real connection with your clients. And they say like, don't find customers for your product, like find a product for your customers. And you kind of did that with yourself. Like you were just true to yourself. So people will come to you. If I am they, the product. You know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and when you were first starting out, how did you get those clients even while you were still teaching? And do you think oh, yeah. it was mostly like referrals, word of mouth? How do you really get yourself out there? Yeah, um, well gosh, back then Google was like a big thing. So I had a website and um, 
did like blog posts and things like that. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if those are popular anymore to read, but they definitely get you good rankings on Google. Definitely. Um, and advertising, like on, if you're doing weddings, this is not, um, for other photographers, there are other places I'm sure you can advertise, but The Knot was huge, Wedding Wire. Mm -hmm. I don't recommend continuing with those, but once you get your name out there and you're and you're up there, um, they help a lot. And then yeah, word of mouth for sure. The school I taught at, I got a lot of referrals from as well. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, it was, and also pricing, I was cheaper back then. Yeah. <laughs> so I think people looked at the price and they were like, okay, uh, I need you and like your work is pretty good mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah that that has changed <laughs> how is your pricing strategy i think it can be difficult for people to almost put price on themselves so what's your process that's actually really difficult because i think that a lot of people second guess themselves and they don't price themselves as what they're actually worth mm -hmm. um so they say like know your worth and in the beginning i was just dumbfounded because you know, you're going into this and like you look at other photographers, you're like, oh, they have way more experience than me. I should charge less than that. Mm -hmm. But it's not always just about the experience. It's about what you're bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. um, so I did I did a pricing workshop with um, some well-known photographers in the area and learned a lot uh, through that. But then built it up over the years also to like transition from like weddings and doing portraits and boudoir and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I've learned from a lot of other photographers. I highly recommend getting mentorships and doing workshops with other photographers that are maybe more experienced in certain things than you are. Um, but yeah, definitely know your worth and continue to raise your prices each year that you gain more experience, get more equipment, whatever it is. And what do you think those really good questions are to ask to those photographers that, you know, are almost like mentors or inspiration to you? Yeah, I guess the same questions you're asking me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of um, like how they got started and um, how they built up their pricing. Because everybody, it's it's a business. So mm -hmm. like you are going to do the packages that you feel are necessary for your business. It doesn't have to match every other photographer. Um, you don't even have to have packages. You could say it's a la carte, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, take their information, take their advice, but then kind of do it in your own way if you want to. So you mentioned the boudoir mm -hmm. and I kind of want to get into that. So not only are you a photographer, you own your own studio and you're able to rent that out, use that in your own photography. So can you tell us a little bit about that and about your self-love shoots? Yeah, for sure. Um, so COVID happened and weddings were like getting canceled or rescheduled, whatever. And it was devastating. And I um, had this moment where I was like, well, I can sit back and be broke or I can like do something different. And I've had studios in the past, like I wouldn't even call them studios. They were like rooms. <laughs> and when this building uh, became available, like had like units available, I looked at it and it was pretty cheap at the time, not anymore, but, okay. um, and I said, you know what, I'm just gonna do this. I'm gonna open a studio and start shooting different things uh, and have a space, a safe space for people to come and be vulnerable, like with the photos. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, you can rent a hotel room for boudoir, but for me, that's not personal enough. I want people to come in and have a space that they look at and they're like, whoa, and definitely want to have their photos done there. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I opened it in 2020 and uh, it kind of like kicked right off that summer. <laughs> awesome. it, it was it was awesome. Um, I didn't expect it though. So I was doing, I had 60 weddings like from the reschedules and all that wow. in 2021. So it was a little insane for me, um, which is why I'm scaling back on weddings now and doing more studio. I learned mm -hmm. a lot. I learned that 
even though they are two hour sessions, there's a lot of editing involved. I also do reveals with clients where they come back in and they see their photos for the first time. So it's a lot of work that I didn't quite prepare for, but mm -hmm. now I know. Yeah, and those are all really learning experiences. Like you wouldn't know unless you tried and you got into that. So yeah. Yeah. when you first opened that studio, how did you really promote yourself? Oh gosh, I guess just through Instagram. Um, I just kept doing stories of like the renovation process um, of the building itself and kind of building up. And then I did, um, I do have an Instagram for Offbeat Boudoir. Mm -hmm. So I started adding to that more, which uh, helped tremendously because I hadn't added to it in like two years. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I have had that brand since 2015, um, but I didn't really take it seriously because of too many weddings. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like Instagram, um, posting a lot of stories about the studio just continuing and then taking like professional photos of the studio to display i guess and then once i finally had clients showing the work <laughs> yeah and why did you go for that niche like why did you really connect with that i know there's a lot of you know self-love and empowering women but do you want to tell us a little bit more about it yeah so uh, boudoir or self-love sessions as i call it um, is kind of a thing that was geared toward women or, or people who um, identify as like female and feminine. I wanted to start the studio so that it was kind of gender neutral and everybody felt welcome there. Couples, um, people who identify um, in any gender, I, it doesn't matter. Um, I wanted it to be open, an open space for all humans, all bodies. And I think that I kind of, when I started with boudoir, I was like, oh, okay, women, but then it evolved to everybody. Everybody deserves to have their photo taken and love and love it. And, you know, it's amazing that you're able every day to give that empowerment to people, all people. And how do you think that really like makes you feel, you know, just helping people be more comfortable with their bodies? Yeah, it's great. Um, I like when I have the reveals, it's really cool to see people's reaction. I, I think that's one of the best parts uh, is like they don't get to see their gallery until they come to the studio and then they see it. And I just see the look on their face. They see a little slideshow. Mm -hmm. And even after they just tell me how, um, like you said, empowered and confident they feel even after the shoot, but then even more after seeing their images. So for me, I feel like I'm doing something. I'm making money, let's not, <laughs> let's not mm -hmm. get it wrong. Um, but I am also hopefully contributing to someone's like growth. What was your mission when you first started and how do you think it has evolved? Uh, for Offbeat Boudoir? Yes. Yeah, like, like I said, at first it was very female focused um, or even like bridal because I was doing so many weddings. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I realized it doesn't have to be what every other boudoir photographer does. Um, I did some like workshops and mentorships with boudoir photographers and they were geared very much toward um, just women. Mm -hmm. And so is the wedding industry, to be honest with you. And that's changing, thankfully. So I was like, wow, looking around at the boudoir photographers in Tampa, not many people are open to photo, not many women photographers are open to photographing men. Mm -hmm. And so that was a huge thing for me. And I wanted to open it up to all genders, not just men, but you know, like, men deserve it as well mm -hmm. that's a huge thing that people don't talk about men have body image issues and we focus on women having body image issues um but it's a, a thing with guys too and maybe this will help them i don't know no completely <laughs> and, and it's great that you saw that kind of gap in the industry and in that type of you know trend and mm -hmm. you saw that how it could evolve and how you could 
help it evolve. Yeah. So it, it is so interesting. So how did you, you know, get that funding to go from photography to owning your own studio? Because I'm sure that's a lot of photographers' goals, but how did you, uh, you know, save up for that? Weddings. I mean, wed weddings pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> um, also the PPP loan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was that was a huge help during the pandemic. Um, so I'm very thankful for that. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, just saving. I mean, I had been shooting for a very long time before I opened the studio. So I had a lot of savings built up, um, mm -hmm. but I would say do it when you think you're ready uh, and use a loan if you need to. It's not, that's not like the worst thing. Mm -hmm. You can pay it back, you will. And that'll give you incentive to like do even better with your business. Definitely. And you know, your name is in Regina as the photographer. So how important is it to have that personal brand connected with you? Super important. Um, Offbeat Boudoir is a little bit more about the client, but um, with Regina as the photographer, I thought to myself, people need to see me first, then like they could see my work anytime, but they need to see me because I'm, especially for weddings, I'm gonna be the one that's with them for eight to 10 hours. So they need to trust me and it definitely helps. Like when I get inquiries, they just, they write right away. I love your website. I got to know you already. Wow. Yeah. So it is super important and yeah. I agree with weddings. It's it's intimate. That's yeah. such a the, one of the best moments of your life. So who they pick as a photographer is is super important. So it's able it's amazing that you're able to really provide that for them. And I want to ask like at the start of your career, uh, did you have any, you know, failures or big challenges and how did you come back for them? Hmm. I would say I don't know about failures. There were definitely some weddings where I was like, I could have done better. Um, but I never had like any huge complaints, thankfully, from clients, because that is a very important day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess in, with photography in general, a challenge is like location, especially with weddings, location changing um, rapidly. So you could be indoors and need like off-camera lighting, and then you're outdoors and it's super bright sun. So that was a little difficult at first. Um, and that's why I say like learning your camera right away and learning lighting and exposure is extremely important. Um, but I don't know if I had any huge failure. Oh, I did. I, I had a card, a memory card fail on me one time. Yeah. Um, thankfully I was able to recover some of the images from it, but it was a huge thing. Like I just had to let the clients know and let them know that some of the images were lost and I was doing my best to recover them and it was super scary. Mm -hmm. Um, so now I back up like triple, <laughs> triple mm -hmm. backups, <laughs> yeah. triple backups for weddings. It's good. You know, of, of course those moments are scary, but they do shape you and, and now you're even more secure with everything. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's always those moments that, you know, happen to these business owners, but it's great that you're able to really come back from that. And you are, you know, well into your career. And how would you say that you define or measure success for yourself? Yeah. Um, I mean, Obviously, we all want to make a profit and like have a retirement fund available. Mm -hmm. um, I think as business owners, people don't talk about that a lot. When you're working for somebody else, they might have a 401k set up for you. Um, but I think having a good savings, knowing that you can retire one day, because I think when people get into this, they're like, I'm just going to do this forever. <laughs> um, and it is, it's fun, but I can't imagine shooting weddings at 
80 years old or even 60 years old. It's, it's hard on the body and I'll probably be really sick of it by then. Um, so I think having a good savings, um, investing is a really good idea. Um, and my studio, I'm like very proud of my studio. That is a huge accomplishment for me. And um, just having that space available for myself and other photographers, um, I'm very proud of that. And you should be. And what would you say a, a realistic, ambitious goal for you to have with your studio is? For me, myself? Mm -hmm. hmm, that's a great question. <laughs> a goal like for the future? Yes. I would like other photographers to rent it more. Like that's kind of why I designed it the way that I did. So it would be appealing to a lot of different types of photographers or videographers or creatives, whoever mm -hmm. wants to shoot in there. Um, and. I want other people to experience. I don't want it to be all for myself. I know a lot of photographers are very um, secretive about locations or mm -hmm. their studio and they they think that that's what makes their work, but it's not. Like you can be shooting in the same place every day and make it different, um, which I do. I shoot in the studio a lot and I try to make it different every time a little bit. Um, yeah, I, hope I answered that. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, so for any photographer, I think, you know, the biggest thing is, is leads and finding clients. So what advice would you have to photographers who are struggling to find their clients? Yeah, so branding was a big thing. Having a website that showed who you are and what kind of clients you want to attract. Um, and then, of course, social media is huge. I think most people find me on Instagram now. Um, not it was Google for a long time. That was the winner. <laughs> That's kind of like, you know, on the back burner now. But um, yeah, hashtags, um, location tags, uh, using the venues. Like if you if you shoot weddings, using the venue uh, as a tag and a location um, and, and hash, like hashtags are huge. So always do um, your location, your venue. Uh, I have a whole list. Yeah. <laughs> I can send it if anybody wants it. And we were just talking about, I actually found you through hashtags. Yeah. So they really do work because, mm -hmm. you know, when you hashtag your location, what you do, you're able to connect with so many people and it's super important. Yeah. But also, you know, with being a photographer, referrals are huge. So do referrals come naturally, would you say? Or, you know, I feel like it, it's hard. People love you, but it doesn't mean that, you know, they're gonna write a review. Well, yeah, so reviews are something you have to sometimes ask for. Sometimes clients will just do it without you asking, but uh, I always send, so when they get like their final gallery, I send links to all of my places where they can review me. Um, and that's how I've kind of built up reviews over the years and testimonials. Um, and then like word of mouth referrals, like we were talking about earlier, um, also helps a lot. Uh, so I think now at this point, people know me in the area, I'm like, oh, you shot my friend's wedding or whatever it is. Um, that's that's huge like just getting people to know you it is a smaller city than you think definitely what skills have you really found vital to not only being a photographer but a business owner oh gosh photography like that was fine that's easy <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's easy compared to like actually being the business owner mm -hmm. um i did everything in the being by myself and i still do most things on my own i still edit everything myself i've tried like outsourcing things but it just didn't work out um big thing hire a cpa have them do your taxes your expenses every month don't even do that stuff yourself <laughs> so hire people that you think will help you uh especially if you're struggling i think that's such a great lesson how did you kind of figure that out for yourself well i didn't make any mistakes i don't think <laughs> tax wise yeah <laughs> um but i 
I just got overwhelmed. It just became too much. I still do my own like sales tax every month, but um, I think when you get to the point where, where you literally don't have time, uh, you have to choose to do to get somebody else to do it for you, especially they're the expert. You're not a tax expert. What am I doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or even like marketing. Um, I'm planning on like hiring people to help me with marketing at some point. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, delegating things in your business is super important. And especially, you know, you said you, you tried to delegate the editing, but that type of stuff is super personal. Yeah. Especially you and yeah. like you always think. And obviously it's true. Like no one else can do as good of a job or you know the job that you do yeah. so it is great that you have that control of your business and you know what advice do you have to photographers who you know want to be where you're at now uh yeah take it at your own pace um choose kind of your niche as well you don't have to do all types of photography um i don't do families you know i don't do newborn um i would fo i would hone in on like one or two, maybe three types of photography mm -hmm. and go from there and kind of really master that um, that world and, and, and then, yeah, get really good at it. <laughs> yeah, so for that, would you say at, right at the beginning, starting off your career as a photographer, like have that niche or do you think kind of start general and then go more specific? I would say have the niche or, or a few niches, you know? Yes. It doesn't have to be one. I know a lot of photographers are like, no, you do one type of photography, no. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be one, but just have things that you focus on that you really love to do. If you don't like photographing babies, don't do it. It's a lot of work and it's a huge expense too. Mm -hmm. um, so if you got into it and then you decide you don't want to do it, you got all this stuff you got to sell. So I, yeah, I would hone in on, on what you really love to photograph first. Um, and go from there. And I know you said that you've used workshops, mentors, you know, YouTube, everything, but what are really the best resources that have helped you learn along the way about being a business owner, photographer, everything? Um, well, experience is huge, uh, but if you don't want to do everything and make a bunch of mistakes. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, gosh, I would say learning from other photographers has been the biggest thing for me especially when I was starting with weddings. I would second shoot, I would shadow, I would assist and learn things from them. Um, but then also if you have photographers that you love that are like big name photographers, international or whatever, uh, do a workshop with them and see their techniques. Why not? I mean, it's a, it's a good investment. Mm -hmm. And what methods do you use to promote your business right now? Instagram, as we were talking about. <laughs> um, Instagram for sure is number one. TikTok, I cannot get into it. I don't know what it is. I have it, mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's my ADHD, but when I go on there, my brain goes, <laughs> and I forget all about actually posting for work. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know that would be um, a good thing for me to do. Definitely. And that's why I say like maybe hiring somebody in the future to do a TikTok for me mm -hmm. um, or take or take over the account for me and do that. Um, yeah, that that would be that would be very good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Instagram is Instagram is great, but um, things change, and I don't think you should put all your eggs in one basket. Have a great website, somewhere for people to go and see like more about you and more about your work. Um, and yeah, I think uh, just like you were saying, referrals, reviews, mm -hmm. having that out there is, is huge. What would you say your plans are for the future? Like, where do you want to be in five years? Hmm. I guess shooting more in the studio. And um, I kind of like have this idea of building sets. 
so it's something I'm gonna try next year. Mm -hmm. uh, I built a couple sets over the summer just for fun, but since I have this studio space, I wanna create kind of like fantasy type photo shoots for people, um, which would also be feeding my creative soul and feeding them hopefully and get them like in this like mode where they're not even themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something I'm gonna like dip my toes into in the future. And I think it'll be a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, shooting a lot in the studio, I think to get my investment out of it too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's honestly like such a great idea. I can completely see you doing that, especially with your studio. You, like you said, like you could do these shoots at your home or a hotel, but having this other place and being able to, you know, just be immersed in it, completely comfortable is amazing and that you're able to offer that. Yeah. And I just have one last question. So what's the biggest takeaway that you hope our listeners learn today from the podcast? Biggest takeaway. Just if you're thinking about starting a business, stop thinking about it. Just do it. <laughs> um, because really it, it is going to be a lot of work. But if you set expectations with like your family and, and with yourself, um, you can you can definitely do it. Uh, honestly, with photography, just pick a, pick up a camera and start shooting and charging people. Don't think about it anymore. Just start your business, darn it. <laughs> well, Regina, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And you, where can our viewers find you? On social media, Regina the Photographer and Offbeat Boudoir. And you can find us at, at GenTech Marketing on all social media platforms. So thank you again. And thank we'll you. see you guys next week.